Scartelli, I've been excited all day to record this podcast here on the Wronger Podcast Network. I've been dying to ask you what your favorite cut from Taylor Swift's new album is. But before that, Pearl Jam. And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yosemite booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. Another victory, Scartelli, four weeks in a row. Patriots 45, Browns 7. The Browns went 84 yards on the first series in 11 plays fairly easily. Um, Devin McCourty dropped what, should, what could have been a, an interception, but they had 217 yards for the game after. They had 133 yards of total offense after that drive. That was as complete a win as they have had since maybe the Chargers game last year, which came with a, a thumb on the scale because Cam Newton was the quarterback. But your thoughts on 45-7 to seven at Foxborough on Sunday? All right. Uh, I know everyone expects uh, to be all, you know, rainbows and you know unicorns and lollipops and so I forth no but i can't i can't in good conscience just let you guys you know honk it up like a bunch of bobos or bow it up like a bunch of honks so here are my four downs for the game all right they blew Go the ahead almost out the right coach. from the start they, 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 they let they just let cleveland matriculate down the field and they they blew the shutout why, why would they do that okay down two Bailey, only one punt. How are we supposed to know if he's healthy or not? No value there, caller. Down number three, Winovich. I didn't see him in the stat sheet. What is going on here? Bust. Do you have a fourth down, Scartelli? Um, the fourth the fourth down is fourth down. They didn't go for it on fourth down at all during the game. They're cowards. They're, they're scared cowards right now because of this. So uh, you you guys can go, you know. You can go play in the you know sunlit uplands or whatever, but go. <laughs> I've I've got to go. Uh, I got to go lie down for a minute. Sunlit uplands. That's what we're going with at this point, really. Uh, John, the celebrate the Jacoby Myers touchdown celebration was the bow on a perfect day. Uh, your thoughts on the on the route of Cleveland? Well, was it really the bow on a perfect day when some random Brown got hurt and the Patriots were celebrating despite the fact that this player got hurt? Fam. Coming up next on first take, are the Patriots flouting convention and, and w- celebrating the injuries of others? That, it was that that was awful, ridiculous, typical, whatever. But one one thing, I usually I go last on these, so I try to say something that nobody else is going to say. Scarzi already, you know, hit all the the low lights. You know, that's your all pro, Jake Bailey Scarzi. One punt. That's your all pro right there. He's got a new nickname: um, Two to Six Scartelli. <laughs> You know, I want to I want to highlight one thing that I thought just totally jumped out at me, and it's indicative of the coaching mismatch that we benefit from as Patriots fans every single week. And it was the the Pats. You know, Folk kicks the field goal. They go up twenty four to seven. There's seventeen seconds left in the first half, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, they'll take a knee, they'll get the ball to twenty five. Cleveland mm. still had three timeouts, right? They still had three timeouts. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they can move the ball into field goal range, you know, in the benefit of, of at least three plays with three timeouts, right? And what do they do? The Patriots kick it, you know, inside the five. I think I think Schwartz caught it at like the three. 
instead of taking a knee and taking it at the 25, wasting zero time, he ends up getting his head taken off by Kyle Duger and wastes five seconds in the process and doesn't even reach the 25, right? It is like just classic three phases football where the Browns don't give themselves a chance to get points on the board because of, of bad special teams play. The Patriots, of course, execute special teams play flawlessly, and the Browns get to carry their three timeouts into the second half so where they have six timeouts, right? Isn't that how it works? Anyway. The, and they, the, and they called a pass play, and why strip sacks Mayfield? Well, it, I mean, yeah, they were lucky. They were lucky they got out of that with, with that play. But, you know, it's like the whole thing was a complete clusterfuck. 17 seconds left. You have time. You have time to get into field goal range with three play, with three timeouts, and they they're just they were just a total mess. The Patriots completely overwhelmed them. The coaching was completely lopsided, as it always is, to the benefit of the Patriots when you have Bill Belichick. And you know the other guys will have other things to say, but to me that was like that moment where I'm like, yeah, this this team is they're just so much better than than these other pretenders in the AFC. I'll I'll disagree with you there for a second. I was stunned that Cleveland went to tried to go for it with 17 seconds left. Uh, well, Mike, well, they didn't. They didn't even have 17 at that point, Mike. They didn't even have 17. They were down to 12. Coaching malfeasance on the part of uh, Coach Beard there. Absolutely. All right, uh, Mike, uh, 45 to 7, uh, a spiritual experience. Uh, it was. Um, you know, I, I trust that your, that your doctor was getting calls all evening uh, after the three-hour window was, uh, <clears throat> you know. 240 but, uh, minutes later, yes. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, I, I guess the thing I kept thinking is, uh, they are they are who we thought they were, and um, by we I guess I mean certainly this row of chairs. But um, it uh, they maybe they weren't that team that we thought they were going to be in September, and I don't think that was ever the expectation um, because I think most people who are probably listening to this have paid attention the last twenty years and, and learned something and um, understood how they build a team. And, you know, if you look at that, that first, you know, um, Scarzi mentioned the, the disgraceful performance in that first drive. If you look at that kind of as those are those opening drives where the Patriots have been known to be gashed, especially on the ground when, before they get those run fits together and before they're looking at the, the tablets and things like that and getting that thing straightened out, it, it really is kind of how they, they approach a season. Uh, they get, you know, at the beginning, they're, they're figuring out what they're looking at. They don't know what they're looking at yet. And it, it just happens. Uh, and they, they have to know what they have. And I just, you know, it was awesome uh, yesterday. And I, the thing that, you know, in, at the risk of turning this into a, a Kendrick Bourne uh, podcast, the guy runs like he's got rocket fuel coming out of his ass. Um, and, I, and to me, he's the biggest surprise, uh, certainly on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, you know, I thought Judon was going to be a guy who maybe is a Pro Bowl caliber. And he's really playing, you know, top five defensive player in the league, really. Barmore, yeah, I think he's going to come in and, and, and contribute right away. You know, he's, you know, putting up Richard Seymour contributions as a rookie. But on the other side of the ball, I think Bourne is the biggest surprise to me. Just um, the way they got, I, I thought they might get him the ball in spaces here. But uh, catching the ball, he's been um, been better than I ever would have imagined. Uh, and it's great. And, you know, people are going to complain about Aguilar, their Aguilar production. Again, I go back to let's just transpose their production. We'll, can we just call it even? But uh, that was that was uh, that was everything kind of starting to click, um, you know, as, as the season goes on. Getting getting to be after Thanksgiving, fellas, as the coach yes. says. That's, that's a very good point. And your point about Bourne, it's a performance that may have been overlooked considering how good the defense was 141 total yards of offense for Bourne and a terrific touchdown catch in a double team on a really terrific throw by Mac Jones, even though it was a, it was double coverage. It was at a place where, you know, only the receiver could catch it. 
Dan, I can, I can come to one conclusion. Uh, first, let me mention, I mentioned this tweet on a previous podcast when Mark Daniels of the Providence Journal tweeted on November 1st after the Patriots beat the Chargers. All of a sudden, you know, the Patriots have a chance. It's, again, to Mike's point, you're not paying attention if you don't do that. But I come to one conclusion after yesterday's game and seeing the crescendo of them building this. The Patriots are good. What do you think? Absolutely. Did you see him his today? He, he had an article today, this is Daniels, where he's come full circle on them, where just all roses and, and, and bouquets. Um, there's three, three players I want to highlight here. One was Trent Brown. And as good as that offensive line has been playing the last few weeks, what a difference. What an enormous difference having Brown in there makes. I mean, he, with him in there, they just dictate the, the, the game. I, I was I was blown away by how how they could just plow people away. Um, Ramonde Stevenson. So the previous games with him spelling uh, uh, Harris at times, you, you could see some of the hints of what what he could bring. But I I think you knew that he had that kind of game in him, and I I think he could be a really good all around back, a good three down back. I mean, he's got the speed, the shiftiness, the power. Uh, the, the receiving ability, and he was even doing a nice job picking up the blitz at times. And and finally was our boy, Nikhil Harry. Nikhil, yes. Nikhil Harry week <laughs> finally comes through. I, I don't care what the stat line says. Anybody that can knock over Miles Garrett, ass over T. Kettle like he did, has a place in Bill Belichick's Patriots. And kudos, a tip, I'll give it another Ted Nation round of applause to Nikhil Harry. He, he opened his yap in training camp. But he's worked hard. He's grinding. Uh, we've made the point on the podcast previously that the people, thoughts and prayers to the people who drafted Nikhil Harry in the fantasy football draft. He is an asset to this team, and he's he's fitting in. He's, it's Pepper starting to come together, Pepper. Um, the team celebration on the, uh, the touchdown, John. I mean, you had to be happy for Myers. Myers epitomizes, you know, a lot of what's going on with that team. I've, I've made the point previously that Kendrick Bourne was created in a lab to be a Patriots receiver. Jacoby Myers is, I mean, you had to feel good for him. You know, the injury to the, the poor Browns DB aside who got trucked by him, but Myers is Myers epitomizes what it is to grind and be a Patriot. Maybe that's something Nikhil Harry learned from an undrafted free agent passed him on the depth chart. The, I mean, we're all, we're all, I mean, is there anybody on this team that we're not rooting for? I mean, this team just seems to be clicking, uh, not just on the field, but the togetherness, like you said, the energy, the vibe. Uh, it is, I mean, I know all of us have different, you know, logos on our footy pajamas here that, you know, that represent our fandom. The fact that we're unabashedly supportive of the team and, how dare you know, you? Kind of, you know opt optimistic that it's just, it's easy to root for these guys. It's easy to see. A guy like Myers, like you said, undrafted free agent. The guy's never been given anything. He's worked for everything he's gotten. And, you know, to score his first touchdown, it obviously meant a lot to him. You know, you saw Mac Jones, like, hunting for the ball to make sure he got the ball. And that was kind of covered in, you know, some of the post-game discussion. And it's just – there's something that, – that it's really an enjoyable team. It's Our long national nightmare is over from last season. It is nice to, to see, you know, the Patriots back where they belong, scaring – you know, and pissing off national fan bases all over the country. The, the oh shit moment uh, with the national fandom, that sort of thing. Scartelli and I, we had last year, Scartzi, 
we had times like we really have to talk about fucking Cam Newton again. How how often you say he's a bad quarterback? He's bad at throwing the football, which is isn't really an essential skill for a quarterback. But um, maybe Miles Garrett shouldn't have talked about Mac Jones' finishing move, the step over toe hold all week, and he should have been prepping for Nikhil the D cleater because that was absolutely glorious. Scartelli. Um, I get more thoughts on the game yesterday. Uh, Jacoby Myers, uh, good good for him. Oh, absolutely. Everyone was, everyone was thrilled. Everyone knew that it's been, you know, uh, the longest amount of, uh, longest amount of pass receptions without a uh, touchdown pass in, uh, in recent NFL history, if not NFL history at large, but uh, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't, you know, bring up the uh, player who's, you know, part of the phrase that's on everyone's lips. Let's go Bolden. Yes. That was quite uh, quite a game from him on, uh, on Sunday as well. You know, you got the guys, the guy's been in the league for nine, 10 years, and he's really the sun. The, the, it's highlighting just he's gotten his chance. He's going with it. It's great to see. Um, why, why is Bill so, you know, infatuated with special teamers to borrow another phrase? You're me. <laughs> it, it, it's everyone is being shown to be everyone who's, you know, got the idea in their head that they're, you know, smarter than, uh, Bill the coach or Bill the GM is being shown to be an idiot uh, these past <laughs> few weeks, and it's delightful. I'm going to go back to the well again. Uh, why does Bill Belichick concentrate on special teams? I had no clue. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on the Jacoby Myers' uh, performance? The, the Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, again, it's it's really great to see. Again, shades of 2001, being the simpleton that I am, it's it's really it's it has a familiar feel to it. Yeah, the, the thing I, I thought of when I saw that that celebration is it's when you have something that Bill has built and it is it is truly a culture and it's not about one person. It was not about Tom Brady. You know, they saw that that's gone now that Tom that Tom has left. Um, I didn't think it was gone because you have that that in there and it's not just about one person. It's a cultural um, it's a cultural thing and it's how they approach the job and it lives on in guys like McCourty and Slater. And on the other side of the ball, a guy like David Andrews, mm-hmm. um, those are guys that are just program guys and they carry that on and it will continue, uh, you know, to the next guys and they're going to hand it off to the next guys. And, and as long as Bill's fingerprints, I think are on this organization, even if it isn't on the sideline, I think that will, that will continue. And that is why you like to root mm-hmm. for this organization. Um, because when you watch the, the Monday video that Patriots.com posts of the Slater breakdowns, there's no chance that there's going to be Antonio Brown with his video camera out. Um, yes. Yeah. You're not going to see that. So I, I'm, I, I, I'm glad, I'm just glad that this is going to continue for a long time. And that, uh, you know, it certainly, it looks like it's going to be, uh, you know, health permitting with Mac Jones at quarterback. It's, it can, you know, we've got another decade of this nonsense in us. God, how fucking blessed are we for the love of God? I, and I think this, the, the members of the Boston media, the Patriots media specifically, Dan, they're falling all over themselves to denigrate Belichick and, and kind of cherry pick the moves that don't work out. But I think, I think we're stating the obvious, but it needs to be said. The greatness of Bill Belichick has been on display for 20 plus years. He's doing it again. He's built this team. He's got his quarterback. He's got his building blocks. Hunter Henry, um, the defensive line, the addition to the defensive line. 
Judon has been a revelation. It's, it really is awesome to behold and just seeing everything start to go. It's, it really is starting to come together and the, the pieces fit. They're playing complimentary football and the, and the quarterbacks in this first, he's in this, he'll be playing his 11th professional game on the short week Thursday night. And it's, it really is awesome to behold. You know, with free agency, there were really targeted fines. I mean, beyond some of the big money they threw out to Judon and Smith and, and Hunter Henry. I was thinking about the receivers, especially those uh, Bourne and Aguilar weren't guys that were on like the fans targets. They were all looking at, you got to go after that uh, wide receiver one. You got to find a uh, go for Galladay or Curtis Samuel kept coming up or, or uh, Will Fuller or Allen Robinson, you know, down the line. And if you look at how those guys are doing, they've had some injury problems, but nobody is performing any better than, than the three receivers they've got right now. They're, they're complimentary yes. and they're performing and they're getting first downs and they're winning. It's all coming together. Like you keep saying, I know I, I keep repeating myself. I should get one of those cliff Cleveland electroshocks if I, I start <laughs> u- overusing major league phrases. Um, yeah. It, it's John. I mean, we're honks. Give me some size XL footy pajamas, but I mean, born compliments, uh, Myers, who compliments Henry, who compliments Smith, who compliments, you know, Stevenson and, and Harris. It's, I mean, the, the pieces fit. It's, it's a like one might say it's a Lego set that needs to be constructed. You know, <laughs> I, I, yeah, good joke. I see, uh, I see, you know, Mike on route one's comment about culture and, you know, that always gets me kind of frothing and, you know, kind of joyous. Cause I'm a huge, huge honk on culture. And, you know, to Dan's point on the receivers, you know, yeah, there were people out there talking Will Fuller. I mean, you know, they should have their Twitter. Yeah, Will away. Fuller like, was last you know, year. The year before that, it was Adam Humphreys. Oh, it was, I mean, Will Fuller. I mean, stop with Will Fuller. Like, if you're talking Will Fuller, like, come on, like, give me a break. But, but the, the, to, you know, to tie the two points together on Dan and, and Mike on Route One, you don't see Aguilar complaining, right? You don't see Aguilar grabbing people by the face mask when things aren't going well, right? Yeah, you know, you don't, yeah. you don't see these guys you know, you know, pissing and moaning about, about catches and targets. I mean, Aguilar's not putting up huge numbers, right? But he's, you know, he's, he's adding a dimension to this offense that they clearly need, that I, I get the sense that it'll probably be there for them more as the season goes on. You saw the way Mac Jones is starting to get more comfortable throwing the ball further down the field, uh, his accuracy. You know, those shots to Aguilar are going to be there down the stretch. And in the meantime, you know, you mentioned the shot to Bourne. Um, kind of down the seam, the, the contested catch for the touchdown was outstanding. There was some great film of the way he, Jones is using his body in the pocket to, to lure the, the kind of the middle linebacker away uh, from Henry uh, for the touchdown to Henry. Um, you know, the, the offense is going to continue to open up. He's getting continuously more comfortable. And in the meantime, these, these complementary parts that Belichick assembled, they're all doing their job. Nobody's complaining. They're playing winning football, and it's it's. I mean, we're all like super enthusiastic. Obviously, it has been really great to watch. He was the best quarterback on the field yesterday. Mayfield was the number one pick three or four years ago, and he's outclassed Mayfield at every turn. Mayfield looked like the rookie Scartelli. Jones let me just looked, say, go ahead, Mike, John. Let me just say one thing on that. that I was thinking about as I was watching the game. Not only did did Nikhil Harry go out and snatch Miles Garrett's soul, but Belichick. Could have could have snatched the the souls of the front offices of Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati by exposing 
Baker Mayfield and almost convincing Cleveland not to go to 35 million a year on Baker Mayfield, right? I mean, the absolute evisceration of Mayfield and what the Belichick defense did, if, if the Browns don't go crazy and, and give him Mahomes money, um, you know, the, 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 I'm sure the Ravens and the Bengals and the Steelers will be kicking themselves uh, at, the, at, the, at the mistake that Cleveland might avoid uh, by not maxing out on him. Never go full Jared Goff. I mean, Jared Goff no, had to be attached exactly. with two first-round picks to get Stafford. Uh, Scartelli, uh, wrap that, wrap up, put a bow on this on this segment here. Oh, sure. The uh, the Mayfield uh, knee or leg injury looked a lot like an Al Cervic arm injury. <laughs> he, I don't think he, he he wanted nothing to do with going back out there on the field, so he left it up to uh, what's his face there. But uh, hey, it's uh, like we say, it's there's no. Uh, no victory Monday. We've got ourselves a uh, got ourselves a short week. You know, Thursday is going to be approaching, and there's going to be hot takes aplenty. So we should uh, probably get to some of that uh, some of that business. I cherish. I actually cherish a short week. Thursday night football games are, are largely garbage. The one last week, holy cow, that Miami uh, Ravens <laughs> abortion was just. I mean, shit football on display. Uh, How does Cam's- Miami put the the ineligible receiver? picture on their stupid elevator what what sort of <laughs> clown organization is miami at this point i, uh, I don't get it, 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 it's, 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 question yeah i i don't uh, me i don't me i don't know me i will say that guard had breakaway speed and he caught two is you know two is limped up but uh mike uh short week matt ryan the falcons cam newton's back in the league but uh quickly the falcons i've never feared matt ryan never feared him with 28 three I made, labeled him Maddie Journeyman a long time ago. I was clearly wrong, but uh, I he's had a nice career. I don't fear him one bit. Uh, the Patriots are up to a six-point favorite going into Atlanta on on Thursday night. Early thoughts on uh, playing the Falcons? Yeah, I think uh, I'm I'm probably more I, I probably have more concerns than um, than Patriots Twitter does. I, I would imagine going to this game. Just because, um, you know, now they're, they're coming off the four wins, the big blowout, and it's going to be go on the road on on no rest here. And uh, it's just good. They're going to blow their doors. But, you know, th- these Thursday night games, like you said, they can be they can be a dumpster fire and, you know, bomb, bombs are going off and, and things things can get crazy. So. I think they should, they should win the game. And I don't think uh, six is a lot on the road. They're, they're just a lot better team than they are. Um, so I do have a bit, I, I, I'm not, um, I think they should win the game. I just, I think there are things, weird things that can happen on short weeks and you get, you know, you get two, two linemen going out with injuries in the middle of the game. It's just the weird things can happen. So I would say, you know, this is a, a rare, um, a, a, the rarest of occasions when I, when I'm probably more cautious than, um, than everyone else is. And I, I just don't like, and as, as a general rule, once everybody starts, you know, I said this during the 2019 season when, in, when they were five and oh, um, shut up, you're, you're, you're going to mush them into injuries. And sure enough, they're, they're that. So, um, I, I believe in all that kind of voodoo. So I'm, I'm not feeling, um, I just want people to shut up and, and, and be scared again. Uh, and then I, I can, I can sleep comfortably at night because uh, all right, people are all right, right Cap, about anything. Cap Floyd is going to be scary. Uh, Dan, your thoughts uh, on the Falcons coming up short week. I actually, to your point, Mike and veteran in title town emailer, Vinny Jace, who I now identifies in sports radio detox agrees with us. That it could be a wonky game, but Dan, 
Uh, look ahead to the Falcons. Any early thoughts? So was that uh, was that six points before or after Cordero Patterson? It had, it had to be after. It opened, I believe, at two or two and a half, okay. and it's up to six. So that speaks to, again, California Bill did not know that Cordero Patterson was used as a Swiss Army knife in New England. But uh, did he even know that I, he was in New England? Yeah, but everybody forgets this, Dan. But uh, any more thoughts on the, the game? That's not the Georgia Dome anymore. It's Mercedes-Benz yeah. Stadium. Just following up on what Mike said, it's tough to win in this league. Anything can happen. We've seen it with other teams in the last few weeks. Um, so don't, you know, go in with confidence, but don't go in overconfident. Fair point. John, uh, John, the Falcons are up next. Yeah, without Patterson, again, it's a, it's a team that's going to struggle to move the ball. Um, Kyle Pitts is a really nice young player, but, um, but it is, I mean, I agree with you guys. It's Thursday night on the road. We've seen wonky results. Um, of course, I, I like their chances. They're a much better team. Um, but, you know, Atlanta got humiliated this weekend. You know, we'll see what kind of fight they have in them. It's, it's really – they're probably at a turning point. Is their season going to go completely into the dumpster, or are they going to come out and play their best game of the year? So it's, it's, it is it's hard to win. Every win, you know, is an is a accomplishment. Agreed. And to, to Mike's point, you know, I would you – know, you know, little bit of urine on my shoes, I guess, what this statement is. I would prefer they not be coming off of getting poleaxed in Dallas by 40 points. If you had 39 on the road, you lose. Uh, Scartelli, our, one of our favorite foils, um, who, who thought that being the pregame show for infomercials on Sunday night wasn't going to work out? Chris Gasper out at WCVB, back at the Globe, in the most Globe move ever. Gasper is back at the Globe. Uh, do, do, you, do you want to address this? Or we just, do we ignore and move? He is going back into the witness protection program, this time on the print side. Oh yeah, it's a, there's a you know interesting uh, interesting comparison here to uh, Cam returning to the Panthers. I think <laughs> no, this is really nothing like that. Cam has had success. I, I Gasper, every time he tweets, it is it, it causes me to retch just a little bit. Dan, he's back in the arena at the Globe. Uh, do we care? I mean, we're never going to stop mocking them. But yeah, go ahead. Well. I'm, I'm going to be exposed to him just as much as I usually am exposed to him, which is <laughs> almost never, <laughs> or, or I try not to. Um, you, you, you look at that and you think, why would they want to bring him back? But then you look and you say, well, it's the globe. Of course they want to bring him back. He's, he's, he hates all the right people. That's true. He, he, he checks the boxes. Um, Mike, Mike, you have your thesaurus out. Do you want to pull some words for Gasper's move back to the globe? Well, I, I, I'm glad that uh, Scartsy preemptively talked me down off my uh, uh, strained metaphor of, of Gasper being the uh, of the globe being being the Panthers and the Patriots being uh, Channel Five, um, and, and and I did have a I did even in, extend it out to to rushing touchdowns being 25 cent words, um, and really to, to the court as compared to the columnist in the in the quarterback, and and that it did make me think of of Tanya Ray Fox and her, uh, her, her, uh, just histrionic performance on Twitter yesterday when cam scored two touchdowns and two touches. Uh, but uh, it was performative. Uh, you're right. Yeah. So, so the Gasper thing is interesting uh, on a couple of, of levels to me, just because his performance last year or so, since he took that job has seemed to have been an audition for something. Um, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't give him enough credit for being strategic, but he just, his, it just felt like he was, you know, he was like Elaine Bennis in the 
the lobby of the Alex Theater, throwing his cleavage around to uh, to Lloyd Braun. And in this case, Lloyd Braun was was the uh, was the globe. Um, and it just, he was auditioning for something. And, you know, Dan Shaughnessy is not going to be there forever. He's not going to be the lead columnist forever. So do I think he's that strategic to do that? No. But subconsciously in his little 105 IQ rap brain, I think he was <laughs> this was the play. I, I do think it was the play. And he's going going back home where he best fits. And the timing of the Jag Jones take um, that must have been that that probably sealed the deal for uh, for the folks at the Globe. Yeah, John Henry went full uh, George Steinbrenner when he met Costanza. Hire that man when he, <laughs> once he saw the Jack Jones stuff. Oh, sure. And I do believe that, uh, I do believe uh, perhaps it was, you know, on the radio, perhaps it was in print, as much as in print you can be working for a TV station, where he did say that we could, you know, judge his uh, Jack Jones comments after 10 weeks. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, we, ha- we have a loser, as it were. Um, I will, I would say that Mike, I do th- agree with you. I think that Gasper was auditioning for something. He was auditioning for irrelevance. Uh, John, is it supercilious of me to, <laughs> I can't, I can't even do it with a straight face. Is it supercilious of me to talk about Gasper's irrelevance? You know, people think writing for the Boston Globe is a big deal, but in reality, it's just another newspaper. Touche. Touche. <laughs> let me, let me, let me, let me also just say, for the price of less than four cents a month, you can get what Gasper's saying in the globe, whereas he's reaching more people for free on Twitter. Think about it. Well, the blocking spree he's been on for the last last several months, maybe that's the truth. Uh, we have we have a couple of emails. Uh, Vinny, thank you for sending in the emails. This is why I think Vinny's in detox and sports radio. Uh, besides catching the football, what are the responsibilities of a wide receiver like Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers? I think the, the Keel Harry example um, we discussed earlier, where Harry's physical in the run game and he's just he's good at he's good at the little things. Um, he also wants to remind us that Gasper wanted Kellen Mond to quarterback the Patriots rather than Mac Jones. Uh, so there's that, and oh. yeah, it's the, ooh, is exactly it. And I this question I will throw to Mike. I threw it to you earlier in the thread. Vinny, I just I I may have to ask you to pee in a cup with this question. Uh, pre New World Order, which company was better, WCW or WWF? Uh, yeah, uh, well, you know, I, I didn't I didn't grow up. My name isn't doesn't sound like uh, a Civil War general or an SEC quarterback. <laughs> so, so you know, there was nothing worse. Then watching TBS and you're like, oh, great. They're at live in, you know, someplace in, you know, Kemper Arena or some shit. Like, it just looks so awful and dark. Not, well, I, I, I say that, but then I remember watching, you remember watching Nesson. Nesson used to Saturday wrestling from the garden. Yeah, that was that was dark. <laughs> that looked dark. The lighting on that was was not a lot great. of 40 was... watt light bulbs at the old garden. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. So I guess I shouldn't talk there, but I, who, I didn't like that stuff. I, I didn't like the Southern, the whole Southern thing. And yeah, but give me, give me the, the Vince McMahon, uh, WWF any day of the week and, and twice on, on Saturday night, uh, main event. That, that's where it was at. Man. I want to, I, I do want to throw a shout out to wrestling at the garden in the eighties. One of the great moments, they used to have wrestling at noontime at the Old Garden on Sundays. And Pete Doherty, the erstwhile Duke of Dorchester, yours truly was in attendance when he beat SD Special Delivery Jones 
oh. for the only win of his professional career and immediately announces retirement on the mic at the garden. So Jimmy Stewart, eat your heart out. This is the wrestling podcast here on the Entitled Podcast Network. Uh, Vinny, thank you for sending the emails. I'll start with you, Scartelli, the final thoughts on a uh, on a, yet another uh, great Patriots win, their fourth in a row. Uh, the floor is yours, my friend. Oh, sure. I would like to uh, congratulate uh, Shaq on the Entitled Weekend podcast yes. for being correct that it was a Hunter Henry game. Two touchdowns, none together too shabby. And uh, the podcast was a good listen. It was a good listen. I, I, I'll although, give a sh- uh, although, come on, whichever... Uh, Whichever one of the co-hosts it was, the name of the song is not Josie. It has never been Josie. And that is not the best <laughs> touchdown song. It's not even in the top five best touchdown song. And also, gentlemen, Bill, Dan, Shaq, take a goddamn laugh. PFF love on the entitled podcast number. How dare you? Uh, we'll, we'll give out their information in a minute. Dan, it's a big uh, tent. It's a big tent, Mike. <laughs> it is, okay, it's a big tent. Uh, Dan, your final thought. Go ahead. Oh, I missed the PFF love on there. Yeah, that that's pretty shameful. Uh, you know, I was wasn't sure if I to bring this up or not, but we were talking earlier on the thread about Ben Volan's question to to Bill today. So Bill, I Bell. withheld it so you could talk about it. Yeah, where it started out as, as I thought, it's a decent question because he was asking about the the pickups, the free agent pickups, and was trying to get Bill on that just to talk about how how it's all coming together. Pepper, but Bill kind of de- deferred and said, "Well, you know, now's not the time." And of course, Ben turned it into a like, "Well, you know, do you what? What did he say? Gratifying was that the word, John?" But yes, yeah, gratifying. That's that was the word. Do you, do you find do you find it gratifying? But overall, it was a decent question because it, it really kind of brings into to mind that the beauty of of the Belichick watching Belichick all these years is how he has different pieces and and different formulas and he's always crafting this team, always developing to tailoring it to, to their strengths. And we've seen it going back to 2001 where, you know, they were just sort of ball control and toss sweeps and, and wide receiver screens. And then as Brady developed and they picked up Moss and Welker, all of a sudden they were high flying passing offense for the next, however many years. And obviously the most obvious example was uh, 2018 where they switched on the fly uh, to, to, to turn into ball control again, and they weren't going to get to the Super Bowl without it. And that, that's the beauty again this year. We're, we're watching him taking new pieces and new elements of a team and just crafting them together. That's, that's the beauty of watching Belichick. And I was thinking that that's the Belichick part of the Belichick Brady equation. And that's why they're thriving right now. The fact that Ben Volan thinks that Bill Belichick has to be vindicated and validated somehow just proves that his 1600 CC brain can't wrap around what the hell he's seeing. He has, he has no ability to analyze things in a coherent manner. It's, it's always coming from the trolling. It's just, again, it's, he's a bad faith merchant. I'll leave it at that. Uh, Mike, your final thought. Uh, yeah, so if we are we are talking about uh, touchdown songs, I think it's uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention one Gary Glitter in the the railroading that that poor man has taken. I have no, I think I think he's pretty bad. Well, let's just say, can we let bygones be bygones and just bring back rock and roll part two? Maybe even for one game, maybe for the playoffs. 
they play Michael Jackson, smooth criminal. Can they play things like that? Can we, can we just give Gary a, a, a dispensation? Um, I think he's, well, he probably hasn't suffered enough, but I, I like that song when the Patriots score a touchdown. And Ernie um, Bach re-record it? Oh, Jesus. Oh, the, oh, the automatics, yes. yes. Ernie and the automatics, not yes. one of the greats, caller. Uh, John, your final thought. Well, I will say the Patriots with a four-game winning streak, and, and to Dan's point about Volan in the press conference, Ben's on a two-game winning streak against the mute button. So I'm happy about that for him. Um, <laughs> The, the, the thing besides besides his his ridiculous question um, and and the idea that Bill Belichick needs some sort of self-gratification or vindication, as you said, Mike, uh, on his his, you know, roster um, construction that I love how Belichick's tone changes from questioner to questioner. So, you know, yes. Phil Perry asked the question and it's like, hey, Phil. You know, uh, Zach Cox asked the question, hey, Zach, you know, Dan Roach, you know, generally gets a smile out of Belichick. He'll ask something kind of good. And then Ben, it's like, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that he has as much contempt for some of the dullards uh, in, in the media horde as we do. And, he, uh, me, I, and he's about as bad as us at holding the contempt in sometimes. I can't I can't imagine. And I'm sure the, the rest of the guys covering the team know it. And I'm sure Volan knows it. I'm sure it, it colors, you know, the the this kind of non-virtuous circle of, of antagonism and bad faith that comes out of Boland. I mean, he's human. So it's, there's some kind of humanness to that, but it is kind of funny to watch the press conferences week to week and, and see that play out. The other last thing I'll say is I've been enjoying um, the last 36 hours. Some of the national guys who are all aboard the Mac Jones express and the, and the Patriot express uh, Lewis Riddick had some good content, Brian Baldinger, uh, was putting out some wonderful content uh, this morning. And uh, Dan Orlovsky has been pro Mac Jones now, um, as best I can tell, for a few weeks uh, and kind of dealing with some of the idiots on the ESPN shows that he has to sit there with. So it's, it is, and then of course, in their, in their menchies, you see the, the 31 other fan bases crying, especially Buffalo. Buffalo is starting to, you know, as, as it gets cold up there, they're spending more time inside in their basements with their, their dial-up connections up there. I don't know if they have high-speed broadband up there yet. And uh, they're getting really bothered by the, the fact that the AFC East is not all theirs as they suspected it would be for the next 25 years. Um, and it's uh, it's going to be fun. The, the two games against the Bills, oh boy, those are going to be good games. The Patriots have put themselves in position to get into position. Uh, one last uh, listener email. It's actually a, a direct message. From old goofball board member Chico Walker, this question is from Mike on Route 1 regarding The Departed. Chico wants to know that Vera, Vera showed the ultrasound to Sullivan. Does that throw, does that change your thoughts of it at all? What's, what's the plot device there? No, she, that, that, no, that, that's, of course she did. What was she going to do? She's dating a state. He's, he's going to, you know go up around her head if, if uh, like me, Joe Green, if, uh, if, if he tells her the truth. No, no chance. All right, fair enough. Uh, guys, thanks for, for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for downloading and uh, listening to the podcast. Dan is at Patriots Daily. Mike is at In This Town One. John is at That John Orange. John, you came dangerously close to the vouching in your final thoughts, so maybe take <laughs> your coin, hoid a little tighter tonight, five weeks without a vouch. <laughs> Uh, Scartelli is at uh, Pat Scartell. 
Uh, he is the purveyor of the sports junk draw at the 15net.com. That will be dropping up hopefully very soon, soon not after this, this drops. Uh, remember, we're the pregame show for Entitled Weekend at Entitled Weekend with Shaq, Bill, and Dan. They will be the Patriots postgame show this week. We'll be recording, an, uh, they'll be recording another episode on Friday, and I'll be jumping on to join them for a little bit. Uh, EntitledTown at gmail.com. The Twitter account is at EntitledTown. I am at Ironhead334. Uh, again, thank you, everybody, for listening. Downloads, rating, subscribing. Make sure you follow uh, Entitled Weekend. It was a really good first episode. And yes, that is a vouch, even though you should never vouch. Um, again, thanks, everybody, for listening. And don't forget, turn off your radio. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. you got the wrong guy leading this basketball team.